Hi, this is Derwin James, and you listen to the Chargers Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Chris Harry with you on a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly. 2020 training camp presented by SoFi is underway, and the pads come on next week. My guest this week is NFL Network's Omar Ruiz, one of the best reporters in this business. Omar is really connected to the teams on the West Coast, including the Chargers. And he was also in Hard Knocks on Tuesday. He made a little bit of a cameo. We're going to recap the first episode and also just recap the week in general. Derwin James spoke. Austin Eckler spoke this week. We're going to hear Omar's thoughts on the 2020 Chargers and a lot more. So without further ado, here's NFL Network's Omar Ruiz. Omar is in virtually every NFL Zoom press conference I think <laughs> I've seen to date. Omar in Arizona right now covering the Cardinals. How are you, man? I'm well. We're trying to make it happen, Chris. Training camp is underway. Practices have started. Looking forward to the padded practices next week. But, yeah, in Arizona, uh, my wife's aunt has a house here, and she's been up visiting her family in Idaho since the pandemic started, so we had a safe place to stay, um, a cost-friendly place to stay. It's great. So we're trying to make this training camp coverage happen like we normally would, given these unusual circumstances. And you mentioned it, it's been an unconventional training camp. The pads come on next week, so I think we'll really start to feel like football's around the corner uh, when the helmets and the pads go on. Uh, and then, of course, hard knocks is kind of the unofficial start <laughs> To, to the NFL season. And I had a – listen, you could pick a, a ton of favorite moments, right? Melvin Ingram rolling up in the Polaris, Joey Bosa signed his contract, uh, Casey Hayward getting the swap. For me, it was Omar on a Zoom call trying to figure <laughs> out – trying to make sense of a, of, a, of a press conference. Was that a Rams press conference? That was a Rams press conference with Jalen Ramsey. It was where Ramsey had an uncomfortable pause – in his Zoom call after fielding a couple questions about his contract, he left. He briefly returned after a short break, and the Rams PR person was asking, hey, can you see us? Can you hear us? And then yes. I responded in turn, hey, yeah, we can see you. We can hear you. <laughs> and what's funny is I got a bunch of text messages, a bunch of Twitter uh, shout-outs from people seeing me on the Hard Knocks thinking I'm the one that started the controversy by – you know, asking these questions, which, which weren't <laughs> controversial at all. They're, no, they were not. They were they not. Were totally fair. And what you would expect uh, Jalen Ramsey to be asked in a press conference heading into a contract year. But it was just funny how that was interpreted because it was, in fact, the great L.A. Times' Gary Klein uh, asking those questions um, that people misidentified as myself. But it was just funny because I had been talking about covering previous camps that had hard knocks, and I had never made a cameo, never had an appearance. Right off the, the top. In. So, so mission accomplished, Chris. Listen, you can, you can breathe a sigh of relief now. You, you showed up in the first 30 minutes of the show, and, and like Chris you said, off. you didn't ask the questions. You're just trying to keep the thing together. You're trying to get the train back on the tracks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, keep it smooth, keep it rolling. Let's get a lot of other questions involved. And, and to Jalen Ramsey's credit, uh, he responded, with you know one of the best two-minute monologues I've heard, how he actually feels about his contract, which is all any of us really wondered about. We know that he's not going to answer you know the specific negotiational tactics of his agent and what the front office is going through there with the Rams, but how he felt about it, I think we all appreciated, and and that sort of uncomfortable moment led to that. 
no doubt. And it was just a fascinating episode, Omar, because you have, you have two teams. Uh, the way it started with Coach Lynn, you've seen it up close the, the last three years. Just uh, his presence, his leadership, and the announcement that he had the coronavirus, it was such a kind of a, an eye-opening start to hard knocks in, in the season. Um, what did you think of, of the, the first episode in general, specifically that, that opening scene? Well, I think it was particularly interesting in that you said it. You know, I've covered the team, you know, uh, during the entirety of Anthony Lynn's tenure, you know, the good times, the bad times. And you always hear the way players speak about him, how highly respected he is around the NFL. But we never get a chance as closely as we follow the team to see him in team meetings like that, behind the scenes, how he relates to players, how he speaks right. to them, how he treats them. And just to see the transparency with which he handles that sensitive information, like being diagnosed with the coronavirus with his team, you can see why he has so much respect. And you can see how he, you know, for, for a, a, a Joe Schmo like myself, you know, non-former you know, player in the NFL, um, you know, he, he has that presence for someone like me, but he also has that presence and commands that respect from his players. And I think we saw a good indication of why that is with how transparent he was with that opening speech. Yeah, he sets the tone. And when he talks, you can tell that these guys, they're all ears. And uh, he said, I think one of the, my, my favorite lines was just like, embrace chaos, get ready for mm -hmm. chaos, because this is what this season's going to bring. And, and the team that does this whole thing the best has a pretty good chance of hoisting Lombardi at the end. Um, I think some good news around the league, really, the, for the first couple of weeks in terms of the testing. And, and we got an up-close-and-personal looking hard knocks just what these players and the staff go through in an effort to get tested and uh, just what the facilities look like. I mean, the whole episode was dedicated to, to cleanliness, to, to mask wearing, to, uh, to, to doing everything possible, right, Omar, to just stay on the field. Well, and I think it's a credit uh, not only to the Chargers, but to most of the NFL teams in the league for a message that they've started since March when uh, the pandemic started in earnest and message was getting out to the players to be safe, take care of themselves, take care of their families. And then the players have lived it going through OTAs they have on zoom calls since April and every other team meeting on zoom call, uh, mini camp, you name it down the line. They have been in this mode since March, April. And I think they are appreciative of the seriousness of the pandemic, what sort of responsibility they have, not only to each other, but to the game, to the NFL season and, and the integrity that you know, being safe uh, would bring and, and means to the season. So uh, the Chargers obviously have responded, zero positive tests to this point. Um, and I think it's a credit to Anthony Lynn, his coaching staff, and then big picture to the entire NFL for handling it um, the way that they have, and, and you mentioned it, the below 2% positivity uh, test rates, I think, uh, is testament to, to all that um, messaging since March and April. Yeah, it's a good sign, and the hope is just to keep it going and keep it rolling moving forward when you put the pads on. Any other Chargers-related things in that first episode, Omar, that, that stood out to you? Yeah, the Joey Bosa signing his contract. He's someone that I think you know, we've gotten to know him in, in locker room interviews, uh, you know, pretty close to the vest as far as emotions are concerned. He's very even keeled, uh, whether they're playing a huge playoff game against the Patriots or whether it's just a random week six game 
you know, he seems to always have the same persona, but to see him get choked up um, involving, you know, his dad's emotions in response to, to his big contract, I thought that was really neat. And it really gave Very us cool. an insight to who Joey Bosa is, why he too is so respected amongst uh, his teammates in that locker room, not just for the incredible talent he is, but who he is as a person. I thought that was neat to see. It was, and he's one of those guys that uh, kind of just leads by example. You know, he's, he's more of a, a quiet personality, but I think one of the players mentioned that maybe it was Darwin yesterday, that, that Joey's been a little bit more vocal uh, during the, the first couple of weeks of camp. And uh, speaking of that, Coach Lynn said last week, we haven't even gotten to the phase where you're evaluating what a player looks like, because if you can't impress at a walkthrough, then you, you probably have bigger problems. But um, just your overall impressions of what you heard from the team these last couple of weeks. I know Derwin James spoke yesterday. Austin Eckler spoke Monday, had a lot to say, spoke a, a long time with with reporters and then coach on a weekly basis. Uh, any any takeaways as we kind of get into this next phase of camp? Well, that line you referenced from Anthony Lynn, that's my favorite line of training camp so far. He said, if so you good. impress in shorts, we're going to get you the hell out of here. Yes. So I, he was keeping it 100%. Again, another uh, sense of insight that we gained for why he has respect and why he's had so much success uh, early on in his NFL head coaching tenure. Uh, I, I think Derwin James speaking this week about how uh, a question I asked how maybe his knowledge and experience might affect his place in this uh, particular 2020 defense. And he said, that's going to help him play even faster. As crazy as that sounds as fast and explosive as he is on the field, the fact that he does have knowledge of Gus Bradley's system so in depth now that it'll free him up to play even faster is pretty remarkable for somebody that many consider the best safety in the game. So I'm excited to see him. We heard from Austin Eckler this week who, now is the number one running back. And I think yeah. what was interesting, um, I asked, because we've been hearing, Chris, all spring um, and, and early on in training camp that they might have different formations, um, different wrinkles of the playbook because they have uh, different skill sets at quarterback with Tyrod Taylor and Justin Herbert there. Now even Easton Sick you know, has that same sort of mobility factor to him. I asked Austin Eckler how that might factor into his role at running back, given the variety of ways that they used him. And he said, it probably won't change much. He's still going to be in the slot. He's going to be out wide. He's going to be out of the backfield. He's going to be involved in the pass game. So, you know, I'm excited to see what that looks like um, with him there. And, and another thing I thought was interesting is, yes, they paid him big money contract, but even him on a week-to-week -week basis doesn't really know how the reps are going to be divvied up yeah. in that running back room. It's essentially you have to earn it week by week. And, and Anthony Lynn's going to ride the hot hand. So, um, you know, there's a lot of intrigue there about the offense. I think we're all excited to see what the defense can do uh, and how Coach Bradley can bring that unit together, as much talent as there is. But, but I'm particularly intrigued about the offense. Obviously, you know, Philip Rivers not there for the first time in years. And, you know, which of these quarterbacks is going to emerge, given that Tyrod Taylor has the leg up early on. I remember that question you asked, Austin, about, about the reps. And for him, he is like this – I don't even really consider him a running back, Omar. I, he's like just that offensive weapon, that OW, right, where you, you put him yep. in the slot, you put him outside, you put him in the backfield. And, and you mentioned the new offense. Just all the movement with the quarterback. How is that going to work with Austin? And then a guy like Justin Jackson and, and Joshua Kelly – uh, I wrote this earlier this week, it's such a small sample size, the, the first two weeks of, of 2019 when, when Melvin Gordon was holding out. Um, Justin Jackson 
was averaging almost nine yards a carry, and he had a touchdown called back. Um, the combination of him and Austin, they're much different players, you know, so they complement each other really nicely. Add in Joshua Kelly to the backfield now. Yep. If Justin Jackson can stay healthy, we saw what he did in 2018, really a lot of key plays down the stretch in an effort to get the Chargers into the playoffs. And then you see what Joshua did at UCLA. This three-headed attack uh, in an effort to keep people fresh and, and really no egos too. One of the things that Austin said was he doesn't care who gets the credit. You know, if you're making plays, go with the hot hand. He's looking forward to seeing uh, J.J. make some plays and, and also Joshua Kelly. I think it's a fascinating room. You, you mentioned the lack of ego, and I think that's something that's impressed me about Austin Eckler. He might be maybe a little bit more vocal uh, now, but he's the same sort of humble, modest guy um, that he was when he first broke in uh, as the undrafted free agent. And, and I don't think that's changed since he got the big contract. And J.J., I was so impressed with how he emerged as one of the team leaders when they were having a lot of discussions about Black Lives Matter yeah. and the George Floyd uh, protests. Um, you know, he really rose to the occasion and, and the insight that he provided to his teammates and all the research that he had done and, and to emerge as one of the team leaders. And then Josh Kelly, we saw what he did at UCLA in his story, you know, going from small college to big school, making a name for himself quickly. And then Austin Eckler saying this week that, you know, he's one of the happiest guys on the team. He always has a smile on his face. <laughs> I think he he's the leave. nicest guy in Chargers history, Omar. He hasn't even yeah. had a snap yeah. yet. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And, and, you know, even he said when he messes up, he has a smile on his face like, my bad. You know, I, I knew what I did. So, you know, uh, as friendly as they are, they're pretty ferocious on the field. I'm excited to see how it comes together because I think every team at this point of training camp talks about their depth at running back. But in reality, it's maybe just going to be those one or two players at the head of the pack that actually play and make a difference. But I think it, it is real for the Chargers that these three uh, will be counted on at different points of the season, and, and they'll be as important to this offense as anyone. Uh, you know, an another fun scene in Hard Knocks was just that target practice with Justin <laughs> Herbert, just 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 nailing it, just accurate accurate ball after accurate ball. Uh, but last week, Coach Lynn also said Tyra Taylor throws one of the best deep balls in the game and really noticed his his touch really references touch uh, when it comes to Tyrod um, I'm excited to see what Tyrod Taylor can do um, he spoke at length last week too uh, and I thought he was very very impressive uh, just the, the weapons that he's gonna have he's never had he's never had it in Baltimore in in Buffalo uh, in Cleveland for that short stint um, so to to have some knowledge of Coach Lynn's offense coupled with having the weapons to do just about everything on the field. You got a, a deep ball guy in Mike Williams. You got a, a guy who could do it all, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, um, a sturdy tight end in, in Hunter Henry. Uh, I think he's going to be set up for success, Omar. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. You referenced, you know, the Buffalo teams that he was on, um, even the one that went to the playoffs uh, after Anthony Lynn had left Buffalo, and, and you compare it with his opportunity now with the Chargers and even throw in, you know, the, the two or three games he had there in Cleveland, there is by far and away no question that this Chargers receiving core is, is, you know, head and shoulders above any of the talent that he's had before. And I think, you know, he developed this reputation unfairly as um, a game manager, a check down Charlie kind of guy, but he's not going to be throwing it, throwing it up. Um, to players that he doesn't have that confidence who hasn't necessarily yeah. earned 
that sort of confidence that a Keenan Allen or a Mike Williams can bring, even a Hunter Henry. So I think we will say, see a different Tyrod Taylor. And I think protecting the football is a philosophy that you don't lose as a quarterback when you have better weapons. I think you take more risks, but the overall philosophy doesn't change. So I think we will see a more dynamic Tyrod Taylor. I think he, he has a chance to be more productive, but I don't think just because he's going to be taking more chances doesn't mean he's going to turn into a turnover machine. I think he's still going to take care of the football because that's first and foremost what I think Anthony Lynn and the offensive staff is entrusting him to do. But I think he will be far more productive than we've ever seen uh, Tyrod Taylor before. You know, another one of my favorite lines from these Zoom press conferences, Tyra Taylor referenced a, a 50-50 ball to Mike Williams as being an, an 80-20 ball, I think it was. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so so when you have a guy like Mike Williams on the outside that, that can make a, a seemingly a 40-yard catch every single game, uh, you're in good hands. Omar, I want to switch back over to the defense because we've talked about all these guys who have been pro bowlers before and all pros like Casey Hayward, Derwin James, Joey, and Melvin Ingram. Um, but there's four guys – I'm really intrigued by it, to, to see them in pads next week because if these guys have or exceed the expectations that everyone has for them, I really think that the Chargers defense could, could be something special in 2020. You talk about Drew Tranquil, uh, Justin Jones, Jerry Tillery, and Nas Adderley. Now, th- now three of those guys were drafted last year. I, I think of those three, Drew Tranquil probably had the biggest impact uh, obviously, Nas just couldn't see the field, and, and Jerry um, had, had a slower start to his rookie season. And then Justin Jones, Anthony Lynn said he's his candidate to, to break out in his third season. So I, I'm just curious your thoughts on some of those guys because, uh, you know, some of it we've, we've seen the flashes. Others like Nas, you know, we saw it in a preseason game last year. But if he is anything close to what he was at Delaware, I mean, this secondary, you know, it's something you're not necessarily counting on right now because you see Rayshon Jenkins and what he did last year. But Mm -hmm. if Adderley can can do something in that secondary, wow. Well, I think when you look at everybody around him, the guys that you mentioned uh, with Casey Hayward and Desmond King and Chris Harris now and Derwin James, a guy like Nas Adderley can certainly, you know, have his opportunity to make plays there because I think so much of the offensive game plan will focus on the big name Pro Bowl All Pro type of guys. That if Adderley can get on the field, stay on the field, he has a real opportunity to contribute and make plays. And I think that's uh, a year ago how they were talking about him, just the dynamic play at Delaware that he brought um, and the ball hawking ability to to uh, match in there with the mentality that the Chargers secondary currently has. So, you know, he's a match made uh, in heaven for them. Uh, and, the, and the big boys up front, I, I too agree with Justin Jones. I think he's a star in the making. Um, and, and this year I think could be the year that he really breaks out given all the attention that's going to go everywhere else on the defense. It's that sort of environment that a player like Justin Jones can thrive in that, you know, Linval Joseph is going to get the attention, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, you name it. But he is, Jones is just as disruptive as those guys potentially can be. And I think this is the year that he takes that from a productive player to maybe a star-making 2020. You know, Omar, that interior pass rush is what the Chargers are going to have to show this year. And you get that with Linval Joseph. Uh, You're expecting to get that with Jerry Tillery, too. So, you know, those two guys, you couple that with, with Justin Jones and that defensive tackle rotation to go with, with the secondary, you know, the quarterback may be holding the ball a few extra seconds when you have a secondary like that. So uh, I, I'm just so intrigued by, by this defense because 
frankly, it, it, they were disappointed in the way that they played last year. Um, they didn't take the ball away the way that they should have, and, and, um, and they turned it over too much. So those two things obviously need to fix themselves. But, but defensively, if they can get after the quarterback, which can lead to turnovers when you bring in ball hawks like Chris Harris Jr. Mm-hmm. and expecting things like that from Adderley, um, then you, you really kind of change the course of, of your season if you can get the football. I think going back, you know, since I've been covering the NFL, one of the common denominators that I've always heard, whether it's preparing for Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Drew Brees, is you got to get that pressure up the middle. And, and I think um, that is now the norm. So instead of, you know, necessarily, you know, game planning for those guys in particular, it is the sort of new normal in the NFL. And we've seen the way Aaron Donald has dominated uh, at the Rams. We saw what sort of payday Chris Jones got from being a defensive tackle that can put pressure on the quarterback up the middle. And I think, you know, someone like Justin Jones, um, you know, if he can continue in that mold to be one of those, you know, dynamic playmaking interior pass rushers, then, then obviously everything else will fall into place behind him. And that's where it all starts. You know, you, you talk about um, the disappointment that they had last year. You know, I think we get a little more of that pass rush from the interior on a consistent basis um, then I think that Chargers defense will respond and live up to those expectations that we're all hoping to see. Listen, when you, when you got Mahomes for the next decade and, and <laughs> if Drew Locke is what we think he could be and, and even Derek Carr, uh, you're going to have to find creative ways to get to the quarterback. And, and the Chargers have it conventionally with, with Bosa and Ingram, but uh, Jerry Tillery, uh, he's going to have to show that this year. And, and Linval has shown that his, his entire career and, I think we're just scratching the surface uh, on, on Justin Jones. So, Omar, just a couple more for you. Just in general, man, what has this month been like for you? You know, normally you're you're at all these camps. You're, you're in person. You're, you're covering this. We'd probably be doing this in person if this was 2019. Uh, what's it been like to, to cover the NFL like this uh, from a, a national perspective in 2020? Well, it's, it's cool being at home. Like right now, like I said, I'm at my aunt-in-law's house in Arizona, but typically I'd be home and most of my colleagues are at home right now. And, and we're just as busy as we normally would be. We're just focused on multiple different teams every single day. So for instance, this morning I went to the Cardinals practice, <clears throat> did a Zoom press conference with Vance Joseph, their defensive coordinator, and then Kyler Murray. And then the Seahawks had a press conference with Russell Wilson. So I jumped on that here. I'm having a, a, a call uh, with you uh, on a zoom for, you know, chargers talk. And you can get I think a lot done, right? You can get a lot yeah, done. Yeah. We get, we get a lot done and we've become more efficient. And I think t- in typical years we'd be, let's say I'd be in Arizona and for the 24, 36 hours, 48 hours, however long that I'm here, I'm pretty much solely focused on the Cardinals and everything that's happening with them. And then, of course, when I get my next assignment, of course, I'm always keeping an eye on everything that's happening, but then I'll turn uh, my focus to the next team that I'm going to go cover and the next stop in training camp. So I think, you know, we've become sort of multifaceted with how we cover it in the different mediums, whether it's in person, it's Zoom, uh, it's phone calls, uh, it's the old-fashioned notebook, you know, with pen and paper. Uh, And we've also, you know, learned how to come – uh, cover multiple different teams uh, every single day um, and so so that's kind of cool uh, but um, but it's definitely been different and and you know 
it, it doesn't come without its challenges. And, uh, but that's something that like the rest of the NFL, you kind of adapt, you overcome and you deal with that adversity and uh, try to be as prepared as possible for anything that comes our way. That's right. And it, it's, it's strange to know that the, the next real game is going to be week one. You know, mm-hmm. so so we're going to go quickly from training camp to game planning mode for a lot of one these month teams. from today, Chris. One, one month, month from today. How about that? Taping this, yeah. I I can't even believe it. You're right. That's the opener, Chiefs Texans, right? Yep. Oh, oh, no, that, oh that's the first the first Sunday, September 13th. But yeah, oh. Chiefs, Chiefs Texans is September 10th. But the first NFL Sunday where every other team, uh, you know, besides the four that are playing on Monday, September 13th. You know, September 13th is is the big one. So, yeah, so it'll be here before you know. But it's so crazy. I was, you know, here at Cardinals camp talking to Vance Joseph, their defensive coordinator, asked, you know, it's barely day two of practice. You're still implementing the fundamentals. You're still implementing the playbook. And this is the case with, you know, every team out there right now with, you know, the the ramp-up period. But one month from today, you're playing the San Francisco 49ers. And he said, yeah, that may be the case. But, you know, we still have to go through the fundamentals. We have to preach the basics. Make sure everybody's good on the play, but before we turn our attention to week one, but it'll be here before you know it and, and all these teams. And that's the thing that it's no team is at a disadvantage. They're all going through it, but they will turn their attention to their week one opponents here sooner rather than later. You know, I was going to ask you about the AFC West, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another time because I think I'm going to see you out of, out of practice here in a couple of weeks. But you're right. The, the Chargers play Joe Burrow and the Bengals in, in a month, and it seems like it's light years away, but we're going to blink. These guys are going to be in Cincinnati, uh, and it's going to be just an awesome way to, to start the year against the number one overall pick uh, against that Chargers defense, man. I can't wait. Man, if you're Joe Burrow, though, man, no preseason games. <laughs> Good luck. Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram breathing down your neck to get a full appreciation for what the NFL game is. Oh, boy, I don't envy him, Chris. I'll tell you that. No, no. But you know what, though? It's it's going to be a good challenge because I, I think that kid's up for challenges. He, he was challenged all last year. But you're right. Seeing number 33 in the secondary and then having Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram coming in different directions, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because I mean, and then, you know, it's fun that, you know, we joke about it, but in reality, he is their number one quarterback. And no so, question. you know, he's not going to be getting, you know, full speed reps. They're not going to let anybody go near him. Can't risk an injury to QB one here in training camp and no preseason games. And, and so, you know, his first live look at NFL football will come in a game that counts. So, you know, better him than us, Chris. <laughs> hey, no question. I'm getting amped up just talking to you about it because the pads come on next week, and I think yeah. we're still we're going to start to feel like uh, the 2020 NFL season's around the corner. Omar Ruiz, one of the best in the business, man. I always appreciate your time. Hey, no problem, Chris. You know, I always love talking to you, and I look forward to seeing you in person, hopefully in camp here in the next couple of weeks. And guys, that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Omar for joining me. And of course, thanks to you all for listening. Be sure to download and subscribe to the Chargers Podcast Network. Wherever you listen to podcasts, a new episode of Playmakers just posted on Wednesday. We also have a lot of great stuff for the fans to look forward to over the next few weeks of training camp. So be on the lookout for that. Have a great weekend. And until next time, I'm Chris Avery.